Poke your other neighbor and say, you're born to serve. Yeah, that's exactly right. Amen. So I'm going to, you don't have to stand. Uh, this is quite lengthy, the, the reading here today. But I, I'm going to preach this in two parts. And we're going to talk about a jeweler and how that fits with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. And then we're going to go to verse 4 through 18. And it's on the LED screen behind me. And not on an overhead above me. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. If, if you can see it there, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn there. I'm going to read from the NIV version. It says, Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Now let me just stop right there for just a second. Who's writing this? That's exactly right. So we all know Paul penned the words to the Corinthian church. But it is ultimately God who is saying, I don't want you to be uninformed about the gifts that he's given you. Verse 4 through 18. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed or set the parts in the body, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. God has set us in the body where, when, and how he wants us to be. How cool is that? Poke your neighbor and say, hey, you're right where you're supposed to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we were born to serve. God, we were born, placed in a body, God, right for your divine purpose as you saw fit. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence, God. You are holy, God. And God, I thank you that it's at the name of Jesus that every demon trembles. God, we come before you in the precious and mighty name of Jesus now and ask you to speak to us through your word. Anoint me, God, to speak through me. Not one word of my own, but every word from the throne of God into our hearts and let it bear forth fruit in our lives, God. Let this seed be planted in the good soil of our hearts and grow and bear forth fruit in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said? 
Amen. Hold your Bibles up in whatever form you have. You actually have a Bible with you or a phone or however you do it. And let's just boldly declare, Father, today, this week, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only, deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears, anoint my heart, anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. High five somebody next to you and say you were born to serve. In 1799, a 12-year-old boy named Conrad Reed and some of his siblings were trying to shoot fish in a creek with bow and arrow. Little Meadow Creek, North Carolina. They hit a rock that was irregularly shaped, pulled it out, brought it home to their dad. He was unimpressed with it, threw it down as a doorstop for the next three years. And some people come along and say, man, that... You know, you need to have that tested to see what that is, because that don't look like a normal rock. He thought, ah, it's just a rock out of a creek, wasn't matter. Finally, he took that thing to a jeweler and found out it was a 17-pound pure gold bar. Now, that's a nice surprise right there. How would you like to have that? Amen? The amazing thing is, for three years, no one in their family knew the value of that rock. It occurred to me that perhaps you may be in here today and many in the body of Christ and you may not understand the value of your life, just how important you are. Think of the body of Christ like a ring. You'll see a picture of an engagement ring coming behind me there. And that is exactly what I want you to see yourself as and how God views you. 1 Corinthians 12, 18 says, but now God has set the members. Everybody say set. He has set the members, that's you and I, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. So I want you to know that God looked down at your life and saw what you'd be good at. He gave you gifts, talents, abilities, personality, he gave everything that you have. And he said, I know this person would fit well here in this ministry, in this church, in this part of the body, in this part of the world. They have so much to offer, and they'll help complete that body. He has set or he has placed you as he sees fit. Poke your neighbor and say, it says God sees fit. Now, this is a jeweler's term here when it says that God has set you in the body. This is actually a jeweler's term. That's why we put an engagement ring on the screen so you could see. And this is the imagery of a jeweler placing or setting a stone in a ring. Think about that diamond, putting it in the prongs, that engagement ring, getting it just right so that it can be viewed. You see, it's actually the only place in scriptures anywhere that this term is used like this. There's something God is wanting to get us to understand and grab about 1 Corinthians 12 about how he, as the master jeweler, has placed you in the body as he sees fit. The jeweler sets the ring in place with three specific goals in mind. And I'm only going to get to one today. I'm going to do two and three next week. But the first goal in mind that the jeweler has is to shine the best light of the stone. And that leads me to point number one, and that is simply this. God wants the best of your life to shine. 
I want you to say that with me. God wants the best of my life to shine. God is not going to embarrass you. He's not going to try to place you in an area you're not gifted. He's not going to try to place you somewhere where you don't fit. He is not going to make Dwayne the master dancer of our church. We've already seen that. He's not going to make me the lead singer. Amen. Perhaps some of you, he ain't going to put you in kids' church. He'll spare the children. Amen. The point I want to make, though, is, is God is the master at putting you where your light shines. I have a saying, everybody's a tenant something. Poke your neighbor, say you're a tenant something. Watch this, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 14. For as the body is one, so we're all one body and has many members, we're all members of the body, but all members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and all have been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, member but many. We are a body with many members that fit together. Watch this. Members or parts in the Greek here means equal parts. Members or parts found in 1 Corinthians 12 in the original Greek literally means equal parts. Here's where the problem comes in in the church world. When someone thinks that they're a greater or lesser part or a smaller or a bigger part, this is an incredible crisis of confidence in the church today. So many people feel so inferior to other people. It's something that I struggle with many times myself. But the Bible clearly says we are all equal parts that are supposed to be working together. You are an equal part. Ephesians 4, 11 through 13 says it this way. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Did you notice that? Our job, my job as pastor is to build you up so that you can do the work for Jesus Christ. We are all called to do something for him. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Now, we haven't reached that yet, so we're all still growing. I want you to hear from me. God has called us to be interdependent, not independent. I'll say it again. God has called us to be interdependent, not independent. That's why God doesn't want your church to be watched through a screen every Sunday of your life. He wants you to be in the body, to be part of the members, so that the full glory of God can be seen, so that the community can be touched. Amen. Amen. We are all, everybody say all. Everybody say me, me. Myself, myself, and I, and I. Are, called to be a light. are called to be a light. You're a light. Just like salt, light has a dramatic effect on everything that it touches. A lighthouse warns ships of the coming coastline. What does light speak of? It speaks of uh, security and reassurance. 
When you hear something in the middle of the night, what do you do? You look for a light switch so you can see, is it the boogeyman? Is it a robber? Is it a cat? What's going on in my house? Jesus said that we are to be like that to a world that dwells in darkness. We are called to be a light because the world is dark. And there are so many people that say, well, I know I received Jesus and I'm saved and I praise God that my life has been changed and transformed and turned upside down for God, but I don't have anything to offer. I'm nobody, I'm nothing, I'm this and I'm that, and that is not how God sees you. The world needs your light because it's dark. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. And since this is my sermon and Holly can't tell me to stop, I'm going to sing on anyway. Never going to let the devil it out. I'm going to let it shine. Never going to let the devil it out. I'm going to let it shine. Never going to let the devil it out. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Keep looking at me, funny Holly. I'll sing three more verses. Oh, yes, I will. Oh, yes, I will. I got the microphone. I'll do it. Somebody say amen. Did you know that there is no good purpose for light rather than for it to shine? Did you know the only purpose of light is for it to shine? So I got a question. What are you doing with your light? Are you hiding it under a bushel? I know it's dark out there, but you know the darker the night, the brighter the stars. That leads me to point number two, and that is this. And I really want you to catch this. You have intrinsic value. I want you to say the word intrinsic. Say it with me. This is a, this is a, we're, we're going to work together here. What does intrinsic mean? You've got to catch this. It means inherit. It means belonging naturally or innate. It is something that is inherently in you. It is something belonging naturally to you. It is something innate in you. You can't cause it to happen. It's already there. You can't give it away. It's already there. It's, you got it. It's just inherent in you. Did you know that the diamond has the same value if it's set in a ring for the best light to shine or if it's hidden in a drawer somewhere? See, what we have in the church today is, a, is a, almost a, a, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but it's like a hero complex almost. You may be tempted to look at someone on the stage singing or playing an instrument or preaching and say, wow, look how much value they have. But I want to tell you that value is not based on whether something's in the limelight or not. It is based on intrinsic value. It has nothing to do with this stage. It has everything to do with what God has placed in us. I'm here to build your encouragement today. I'm here to build you up and tell you you're incredibly valued to God. Is a diamond's value, listen, is a diamond's value the same if it's hidden in a mountain somewhere uncovered or if it's set in a, in a, in a, in a ring to be displayed? The answer is it's not more valuable when it's in the ring and on display. It's the same value in the mountain as it is there. The value of that diamond hasn't changed. 
you have the same value. Your value does not change whether or not you decide to hide your life and your gifts and who you are and never let them shine. The difference is this. Will you allow God to set your intrinsic value as a person on display so that your best light can shine for the glory of God? So I got a few questions. Are you diminishing your light or letting your best light shine? Are you looking at people through diminishing light or your best light? Do you see people negatively? Well, so-and-so, they don't really need to be a greeter because. So-and-so don't need to be a parking lot attendant because. So-and-so don't need to work with the kids because. So-and-so don't need to be on the music because, 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 because. And looking and looking and looking. Look, I had a person one time, he'd been coming to church. I said, hey, man, why why don't you ever serve? You You come in here for a while now, you don't do nothing. Why don't you do something? He said, well, I can't. I said, why not? He said, well, I got four DUIs. I said, well, we won't give you the van keys, but you can greet, can't you? We'll keep you away from anything motorized, but can you smile and greet somebody at the door? He goes, well, I can do that. I said, okay, great. We don't care if you got 20 DUIs. Can you love on somebody and welcome them in the church? Stay away from the golf cart and the van. We'll be all right. Amen. Do you see the true value in someone else? Do you see people like God does? A farmer in Michigan had been using a 22-pound rock as a doorstep at his farm for 30 years. I said, man, you really got to have this thing tested. Finally, after 30 years, he took the big old chunk of iron to Central Michigan University. They tested it, and they found the 22-pound piece of iron was the sixth largest meteorite ever found in the state of Michigan. The guy had been using it as a doorstop on his farm for 30 years and it was worth $100,000. He didn't recognize the value that was in front of him. I got a question for you. Do you see people as the hidden gems that they are? Do you see people as the incredible value that they are because Christ died for them and loved them? Somebody say a good amen. Do you see the great value that God has placed on a human being simply for the fact that we're born and created in his image. And he died for humans, not animals or anybody else. Somebody say a good amen. What would happen in our church and in our world today if we all saw the great value in everyone just like God does? Woo! I want to tell you here at our church, Bridge of Hope Church, we look to see the intrinsic value that you have, and we want you to serve so that your best light can shine for the glory of God. God is a perfect gentleman. He's not going to put you out of place. He's not going to have you do something you hate to do or you're not good at. He's going to do something and place you where you are really a rock star at at whatever that is. Somebody say amen. Amen. We all have intrinsic value because God created us. Psalm 119.73, your hands have made me and fashioned me. That just doesn't speak to, well, you know, here's a big glob of dirt. Well, that looks like Greg Easton to me. (laughs) No, the Bible says... He said, man, I know exactly how I want Greg to be, and I'm going to, not watch this, not just make him, I'm going to fashion him 
every intricacy of his body, life, heart, inside and out, who he is as a personality, his giftings, his abilities. I'm going to fashion him because I need him in a particular body for my glory. If God, if we really believe this scripture, then we should all be serving somewhere for the kingdom of God. An eight-year-old mentioned that her mother's birthday was coming up. Her family member said, oh, you're going to make her a card on your daddy's computer? She said, nope. She said, I'm going to do it by hand because I found out if I do it by computer versus hand, they don't stay on the refrigerator quite as long. God made you perfectly by hand, perfectly perfectly put from your daddy and your mama in the same egg to create exactly you, your personality, who you are, what you have to offer. We're not asking you to strengthen what you're bad at. Nobody goes to a pitcher in Major League Baseball and says, we want to pay you $30 million a year and hope that you hit 100. If they're paying a pitcher $30 million a year, they got one thing in mind. Get them out. I don't care if you ever touch a bat. Matter of fact, we pray to God you never touch one again. But if you'll just strike people out and keep your ERA low and win some games, be a 20-game winner, we're going to keep shelling out money. We don't want you to even work with a bat in your hand. We want you to excel in what you're good at. I believe in that 100%. Excel in what you're good at. Somebody say praise God. And my last point is this. We all have intrinsic value. You've got to catch this for the remainder of the message because God loves us. You have intrinsic value because God loves you. And I want you to hear this. You are completely accepted by God. Doesn't that feel good? You say, Pastor, you don't know. I'm cut a little different. Well, God's the one cut you that way, so just enjoy it. Amen? What a boring world this would be if we were all cut the same way. I love the differences. I love the people that make me smile and laugh and say, well, I never thought of it that way before. Praise God. But we'll go with it. Amen. That's what makes the world such a beautiful place. We spend way too much of our time as people trying to earn acceptance by other people. Here's what Titus says in Chapter 3, verse 7, Jesus treated us much better than we deserve. How many would say a shout out a great amen on that? He made us, he, Jesus, made us acceptable to God and gave us the hope of eternal life. What Jesus did on the cross made you completely acceptable to God. No matter what you've done or will do. You can't make God stop accepting you, and you can't make God accept you more. He just accepts you. Here at this church, we believe that and hope that you are just yourself. Don't put on a face or a facade or a mask. We want the real you. This gives you intrinsic value. 
Many people lack self-esteem. They try to pump themselves up uh, and with the kind of clothes they wear. They, you know, it's okay to wear nice clothes, but they're buying it because they're trying to impress. Or the car, they're trying to buy something. They want everybody to be impressed with them. Or, or the things they do or say, and they're constantly trying to impress other people to be accepted. They're, they're trying to pump themselves up all the time to feel better about themselves because they really don't accept themselves. And did you know that that is actually rebellion against God? God says, how dare you not accept yourself when I've accepted you? I created you to be the way you are. Pastor, I wish I wasn't as gruff and rough as I am. Well, there's a reason God made you that way. Pastor, I wish I was a little more stronger. Well, God's a reason God made you that way. God, Pastor, I wish I wasn't this or that. Or the, there's a reason God made you that way. And the sooner we start accepting who we are in him, the better we can do and the more we can do for him. If God wanted you to be someone else, you wouldn't exist. You have intrinsic value because God wanted you. Ephesians 2.10 says it this way. For we are God's, say that with me. He didn't say junk. He didn't say my third grader's junky, ugly artwork that I'm going to throw away one day. He said, you are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he's planned for us long ago. Watch this. Do you know what the Greek word for masterpiece is? It's poema. It is from where we get our English word poem from. God, you know what he says about you? He says, you are my poem. You are my masterpiece. The greatest poet of all time was God. He said, Mike Clefane, you are my poem, man. I wrote it all down. Jeff, you're my poem. You're my masterpiece. He didn't want you copying someone else. He doesn't want you being a second-rate someone else. He wants you to be a first-class poem that you are to him. Is anybody hearing this? He is saying, I put gifts in you. I put heart in you. I put personality in you. I put things in you to accomplish for my glory, to be a, a light shining for all the world to see. You are my poem. And I just love that. I used to write poems. I wrote By the second poem, I wrote Holly. She said, yeah, don't ever write me another one again. <laughs> My poetry stopped about 27 years ago. I'm no longer a poet, but praise God, God's still a poet, amen? I'm having fun with this. I'm probably in hot water later, but I'm having fun now. <laughs> that gives you intrinsic value. God said, man, you're my, you're my Mona Lisa. You, you, you are thinking of the greatest painting you could ever think. You're my masterpiece. You're my poem. Only there's not one above the other. We're all that way. You know, some parents say, oh, who's the favorite? Oh, you are. And then the next kid comes, oh, you are. And, or the grandparents said, everybody's the favorite. You're God's favorite, every one of us. You have your own special poem he wrote about you. That is A grade, number one, 100% the best. And then the next person's is, and the next person's, and the next person. In other words, there's no big eyes and little U's. You're God's masterpiece. Poke your name. Listen, husbands, let me give you a time to do this. You need to look at your wife and say, hey, 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 you better recognize I'm God's masterpiece. 
Come on, do it. Don't just laugh at me. Holly, I am God's masterpiece. Girl, you hit it big when you got me. Woo! Look at this head. Isn't it just shaped just right? Lord, have mercy. Woo, I know you're getting excited, but slow down, slow down. Mike's saying the same thing to them, ain't you? <laughs> you are unconditionally loved by God. Watch this. Regardless of your past. Did you hear me? You are unconditionally loved by God regardless of your past. Who in here doesn't have a past? Who in here doesn't have something? You think, well, you know, I really wish I didn't done that. I hadn't said that. God doesn't say, I love you if... Or I love you because God just says, I love you, period. Man, isn't that comforting? You can't make God stop loving you because his love is not based on what you do. It is based on who he is. Woo! Man, if you are in here and you have never given your life to God, this is, this is your service. Why would you not want to give your life to Jesus Christ after hearing this? Isaiah 54.10 says, The mountains and hills may crumble, but my love for you will never end. Woo! I will keep forever my promise of peace, says, so says the Lord who loves you. This gives you intrinsic value. You are totally forgiven by God. Because Jesus died on the cross and gave his life as a ransom and spilled his blood to wash your sins away, you are totally forgiven. That's why Romans 8.1 declares, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Listen, God doesn't rehearse your sins. He releases them. This gives you intrinsic value. As a matter of fact, Psalm 103 and 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. We just learned this in our small group out of my house. Why did God say the east from the west versus north and south? Because if you go north, you're going to hit the North Pole, and the other direction, you start heading south. But if you start heading east, no matter where you are in the world, you're always heading east. You'll never find the end of east. And vice versa, if you're heading west, you will always be going west and you will never find the end of West. And what God is saying is, when I cast your sins out, I can't ever find them again. Woo! Man, somebody ought to shout over that one. Somebody ought to praise God. Woo! Why are you digging up your past sins when God says, well, I can't even find them. I headed east and I never got there. I turned around and went west and I couldn't find them there either. I don't even know what you're talking about. Somebody shout amen. amen. Woo. God says you're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. You are the apple of his eye. You are his favorite. Man, somebody needs to hear it. You have worth because of what God says about you and what he's done for you. You are needed and you are valuable. You are needed in this church. You are needed in your community. You are needed in this world. If you weren't needed, God wouldn't have made you. 
And do not think, well, I'm getting up in age. I don't have as much to offer. Yes, you do. Well, I'm too young. This is the trick of the devil. I'm too young one day. I'm too old. Somebody else. I'm too this. I'm too that. No, you just be you. You're, you're needed. There are no little people in the family of God. Every part is necessary. I really believe the Lord spoke to me about a month and a half ago and even told me the day by which we would be in a building. I'm telling you, when we get there, you are needed. We are very close. Two things create value. Listen, who owns something and what someone's willing to pay for it. Who owns something gives it value and what somebody's willing to pay for it gives it value. Look what 1 Corinthians 7, 23 says. You have been bought and paid for by Christ. He owns you and he paid for you. Woo! That gives you incredible value. So you belong to who? Him. Be free now of all these earthly prides and fears. You have intrinsic value because Jesus paid for you with his life. This is why you were born to serve. We're not trying to get you to serve in the church, to be a cog in some machine for the sake of the church. We're trying to get you to a place where your intrinsic value can shine in the best light for the glory of God. That jeweler put that diamond in that ring perfect so it could just shine. Coming to church, listen, being a Christian, coming to church on a Sunday morning and never letting your light shine is like you taking a two-carat diamond, throwing it in the drawer for nobody to ever look at. Ladies, would you do that? Would you get a nice engagement ring and just throw it in the drawer and hope nobody sees it? Oh, no. You want to let that thing be, you know. You first get that thing, what are you doing? Hey, everybody. Why are you doing that? I don't know. I just said, do you see anything sparkly? You want everybody to see it. Guess what? You're God's engagement ring. God says, I want everybody to see Sonny. I want everybody to see Greg Wilson. I want everybody to see Steve Lawrence. I want everybody to see. Your son or your daughter gets out there and does really good in a ball game. And you stand up. That's my daughter. That's my son. Look, here's the cool thing with God. You ain't got to do good in a ball game or anywhere else. When you become a child, he just says, oh, Diane Pruitt. <laughs> Look at her showing up, leading us in prayer. Prayer warrior, look at that Diane. Like, look at look at Tom and Carol Vincent. Just look at them, look at them. Please. Look at Arard on Leanne. Woo! I mean, he's shouting. Church, you are God's engagement ring. And he wants you, he wants to place or set you in the body as he sees fit to let your best light shine. Watch this, almost done. Matthew 5, 14 and 16. You, poke your neighbor, say you, are the light of the world. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. 
Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. If you go camping and you got a little lantern and you're sitting down in a chair around the fire and you got the lantern right next to you, it's going to shine just right where your feet is. But if you put that up about eight foot in a tree, it's going to light up the whole camping area. You see, it depends on where it's placed. And God is not foolish and he does not make mistakes. He's going to put your best light as high as he can to shine for as many to see. God wants to let the best light of your life shine. Your God's engagement ring. Would you bow your heads? Before anything else, is there anybody under the sound of my voice? Jesus died on a cross for you. That gives you such value. He died for your sins. He's calling you today. Perhaps you're here. You've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or perhaps you have and you've just kind of gone your own way and gotten, gotten just mixed up and lost for a little while, but you want to come back to the Father. You're in here under the sound of my voice, not going to embarrass you in any way, but if that's you, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to slip your hand in the air. You have such value. You say, oh, pastor, if you knew what I did, if you knew the things I've done and what I've said and been through, you would never preach like this. I preach like this. Yes, I do, because God died for you. And he loves you, period. And he's crazy about you. And he says, I want you. I want you. If you're hearing the sound of my voice and that describes you in any way, I want you to hold your hand up right now. Go on, throw it up. I know you want to. Just throw your hand up high. Throw it up high. Throw it up high for everyone to see. Throw it up high. Hold it up. Just hold it up. Hold it up. Praise God. Dr. Lively is a young man right there next to Gerardo has raised his hand. Would you pray with him? Is there anybody else? Praise God. Is there anybody else? I'm here. Well, Dr. Lively is leading this young man to the Lord. This is a very... Um, this is a very intimate altar call. Perhaps you're in here and you say, man, I've, I've kind of hidden my life. I've been embarrassed in my own choices or whatever. I've never saw myself as God's engagement ring. He wanting to show everybody so that he gets glory. But I'd like to do that now. If that's you, I'd like for you to get up out of your seat. And I sense that this is multitudes of us. I want you to get out of your seat and just come down and find you a spot at this altar and just say, God, I'm willing to let my light shine. If somehow I'm your engagement ring, then God show me off. But, I, you know, I don't see it, but I ain't you. So you see it. You've, got, you've given me all this value. Let it be used for your glory.